Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we are checking our parameters, evaluating our relationships, and contemplating the need for self-preservation as we strive to understand boundaries. What, why, and how? Not sure if you need them? No worries. Keep listening. Have them but not quite sure how to enforce them? Stay tuned because you're in the right place. Boundaries, whether you set them and enforce them or you yourself are held back by them, are established to protect you and the person who implemented them. Setting healthy boundaries is crucial for various aspects of your life, including your mental and emotional well-being, relationships, and overall personal development. If you feel pushed, prodded, coerced, and manipulated, it may be time to stand your ground and clearly communicate what you will and will not tolerate. I'm sure you've heard the phrase healthy boundary before, but you might have been confused about what that means and why it's important or not important to you. Healthy relationships in your life should be the goal, but do those fall in your lap or are they cultivated? Both. Establishing boundaries in relationships sets the expectation of mutual respect. It helps others understand your limits and encourages them to respect those limits. How do you know when your boundaries have been crossed if you don't have them? Coming to an agreement with yourself about what you will and will not tolerate gives you a foundation for evaluating your current relationships. They allow you to make choices that align with your values and preferences rather than being constantly influenced by external pressures. So, open your mind and try to be objective and honest as we strive for a deeper understanding of boundaries. On the Stanford website, I found some good information to kick us off. Trust, safety, and respect. The importance of boundaries. Boundaries help determine what is and is not okay in a relationship, whether with friends, partners, coworkers, bosses, or family members. Ideally, we put them in place to protect our well-being. They help us to build trust, safety, and respect in relationships. Common boundaries include emotional, physical, sexual, intellectual, and financial. They can apply to any aspect of your life where you feel they're needed. Setting boundaries requires a certain amount of self-awareness and reflection. First, it's important to be aware of what is impacting you and what your tendencies are. Before setting a boundary, take time to reflect on your needs, struggles, and how it's impacting your relationships. Say your boss calls you after work hours, which interferes with your time to rest or focus on your family. Setting a boundary might look like communicating to your boss that you're offline during certain hours for this reason. Reflection and self-awareness will give you a clear idea on what boundaries need to be drawn, so then you can take the next step of clearly communicating them. After gaining clarity, the second step is to communicate your boundaries. Communication is extremely important in order to set healthy boundaries. Ideally, boundaries are communicated kindly and assertively. Focus on sharing how you feel and what you need in a respectful way, even if you feel anger and spite. 
While these are valid feelings, they're not always the most helpful when communicating boundaries. After they've been communicated, you should continue to check in with yourself about whether or not they're working for you. It may be necessary to have follow-up conversations if boundaries are being crossed. For example, if your boss continues to call you after work hours after establishing your boundary, you can turn your phone off and have a follow-up conversation. Sometimes, taking that step can be difficult, but it's necessary to protect your mental health and well-being. When you find yourself struggling to communicate your boundaries, remind yourself that doing so will support efforts to build and maintain the relationships that are important to you. If you're still finding it difficult to effectively communicate, consider reaching out for additional support. Very helpful, and such great advice about the boss and the work hours. That's especially important right now since so many people are working from home. It's difficult to know when you're supposed to start work and when you actually can leave work, getting up from your desk, not continuing to answer texts, phone calls, or emails. So if you find this to be the case, you may wanna dig in, set some boundaries, and again, clearly communicate. Okay, I think we have a good start to what is a boundary. Logan Haley takes us a step further with how to set boundaries, five ways to draw the line politely at sciencepeople.com. As Brene Brown says, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. The more precise you could express your boundaries, the more likely your boundaries will be respected. While you may need to repeat yourself a few times, don't feel the need to apologize or explain your boundaries. We'll be talking about this over and over again during the show. Like an invisible fence around the perimeter of a yard, boundaries establish where your space ends and someone else's begins. If a dog can recognize and respect that perimeter, then so can everyone else in your life. Here's precisely how to set boundaries that protect your mental, physical, and emotional well-being from fostering healthy relationships at work, at home, and in your social circles. You can set boundaries around emotional energy, time, personal space, sexuality, morals and ethics, material possessions, and finances, and social media. Boundaries can be set with family, friends, romantic relationships, co-workers, strangers. And remember, these aren't exhaustive lists. Though they aren't as blatantly clear as a fence, wall, or a no trespassing sign, healthy boundaries communicate to others what you will and will not tolerate. In short, boundaries empower you to take charge of your life. Personal boundaries are at the root of a fulfilled, balanced life. Without them, people can quickly lose themselves in their work, relationships, family obligations, and service to others. They can even wind up being exploited or taken advantage of by people who do not respect them. These borders help define what you're willing to say yes to and what you decide to say no to. They give you a sense of agency and sovereignty over your decisions. Like an internal compass, boundaries can start with a gut feeling that tells you when you have the time or energy to devote to something versus when you need to say no. Good boundaries free you to live life on your terms. 
People with solid boundaries tend to have lower levels of stress and higher self-esteem because they prioritize their well-being. On the other hand, people without boundaries may inadvertently let others take advantage of them. They may lack self-confidence, a sense of purpose, or a clear identity to guide them through life. Counselor Dr. Dana Nelson writes, in work or in our personal relationships, poor boundaries lead to resentment, anger, and burnout. People without boundaries can be easily persuaded into things they don't wanna do because they may be acting out of guilt or obligation rather than self-love. So let's take a look at some healthy boundaries versus unhealthy boundaries. See if any of these resonate with you. So here's a sign of a healthy boundary. Protect yourself from getting taken advantage of. Now, the opposite of that would be vulnerable to being used or taken advantage of. A healthy boundary might be doing something on your time versus over committing your time to others and leaving little time for yourself. If you have a healthy boundary, you might have high self-esteem and self-respect versus lower self-esteem and a critical inner dialogue. That's that negative self-talk. A healthy boundary helps you prioritize time for yourself versus giving a lot of your time to other people. And it's great to serve, don't get me wrong, but if you've heard the word overextended, you might know what I mean. When you have a healthy boundary, you can only take on responsibilities that you can handle. You don't overcommit yourself versus feeling exhausted and burnt out by overwhelming commitments and responsibilities to others. Healthy boundaries give you the ability to authentically say no if you don't have the energy or capacity to do something, whereas the other side is having a hard time saying no. Healthy boundaries set limits for others without feeling guilty versus feeling guilty for expressing your boundaries. Such a quandary. When you have a healthy boundary, you have a strong sense of identity and direction versus changing yourself to fit in with different people, you know, being what they want you to be. Healthy lets you take care of your own problems and understand that you cannot heal other people's issues for them versus taking on other people's problems as you attempt to fix them. When you have a healthy boundary, you clearly communicate your needs and wants. You prioritize your self-care versus putting other people's needs and wants before your own. Suppose you're tired of living your life for other people or find yourself exhausted by all the commitments you've made to others. In that case, it's time to set some boundaries and reclaim the power of your time, energy, and mental well-being. Setting boundaries comes down to communication. Communicating your needs and desires is the most vital step towards defining your limitations and living a more liberated life. The first and most important step to defining your boundaries is to make them concrete. We all know what concrete is um, and how strong they are and how permanent. Boundaries are often confusing and abstract because they feel invisible in our daily lives. By visualizing your boundaries and writing them down, you can get much more clarity on where you want to draw the line between you and other people. So set aside some time to reflect 
on just the state of your life and ask yourself a couple of questions. What is causing me unnecessary stress or discomfort? What do I look forward to each day versus what do I dread? Who or what gives me energy? What areas of my life do I feel exhausted by? What makes me feel safe, supported, and valued? Draw a large circle on a blank piece of paper. Inside the circle, write everything that makes you feel safe and stress-free. For example, maybe it's a daily routine, words of affirmation, hugs from a loved one, leaving work, stress at the office, that's a big one, clear communication from your loved ones, freedom to decide how you spend your free time, saying no to energy vampires, autonomy over your body. On the outside of the circle, write down anything that causes you discomfort, pain, annoyance, or emotional exhaustion. These are the people or situations pushing the limits of your boundaries. For example, maybe it's your mom telling you what to do with your life. That's never going to stop, by the way. Working after hours on projects instead of prioritizing your own self-care. Worrying about what certain people think about you. People asking to borrow money. Your coworker constantly dumping her relationship problems on you at lunch. Maybe a roommate eating all your food. Maybe a loved one controlling who you talk to or who you hang out with. Strange people at the bar touching you without asking. Acquaintances asking deep or intimate questions about your life. This circle represents a visible manifestation of your limits. It's time to take anything outside the circle and determine how you can define a boundary that will prevent or eliminate those issues in the future. And as we mentioned before, one of the biggest mistakes people make in setting boundaries is it's in their minds, but they don't openly share this with the people in their lives. Sometimes people assume that you should know their boundaries, but if they didn't clearly communicate where they've drawn the line, how will you know when you've overstepped it? This can seem daunting and scary, but it can feel like a significant relief once you get it out of the way. As social psychology researcher Brene Brown says, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Once you know your boundaries, you have to communicate them. So... Take a deep breath, gather your resolve, and assertively express your needs in a kind and direct way. Here's how. Let's say you have a time boundary. You could say, I can only stay for an hour, or if you're going to be late, please let me know ahead of time. Maybe it's an energy boundary. I don't have the energy to help you with the blank request right now, but maybe this resource can help. So you're kind of deferring. I don't have the energy to help, but how about this? You're coming with a solution. Emotional dumping. I understand you're having a hard time and I want to be there for you, but I don't have the emotional capacity to listen right now. And then zip it, right? Don't have to justify that. Personal space boundary. 
It makes me feel uncomfortable when you, whatever you do. If you can't respect my space, I'll have to leave. Okay. Conversational boundary. This is not a topic I'm willing to discuss right now. And in those boundaries, you may have to be willing to walk away. You know, if you come into a conversation that you're not comfortable with. Comment boundary. I don't find those types of comments funny. Hmm, could be confrontational if you're talking about someone else's comments. If there are comments on your own information or, or posts, that might be give you the right to do that, right? Mental boundary. I understand we see things differently and I respect your opinion, but don't force it on me. Material boundary. Please ask me before borrowing my whatever possession or I would appreciate if you didn't touch my possession, whatever that might be. Here's a social media boundary. I don't feel comfortable with you posting that on Instagram. You know, how many times does someone take a picture and post it of you before you even get to see it? So that might be a good one. Fortunately, once someone's aware of your boundaries, most people will respect them and apologize if they accidentally cross the line. Without clear communication, the lines become blurred. You can quickly find yourself crossing into the more dangerous territory of getting burned out, taken advantage of, or even neglecting your own needs. The more precise and direct you can communicate your boundaries, the easier it will be to uphold them. Boundaries are like the rules of a relationship. When they're displayed for all parties involved, it's much easier to respect them. Like the invisible perimeter fence around a yard protects a dog from running out into the street, boundaries protect you from overextending your mental and emotional health. But the dog has to be trained to not cross that line. How many times do they just bust through, right? They have to understand where the yard begins and ends. It takes time, repetition, and of course, patience. The same is true for human boundaries. Not everyone will understand or respect your boundary the first time. So it's essential to stand firm in your decision while kindly reminding them of your needs when necessary. A dog will get confused if the yard ends at the bushes one day but extends to the sidewalk the next. If someone doesn't initially respect your boundary, remind them, but stay consistent with your original decision. Here's a pro tip. Avoid shifting your boundaries for somebody else's comfort. If you said, I don't feel comfortable with you contacting me about work after hours, you probably don't want to send the message that sometimes it's okay for you to text me late at night. While it may be awkward or uncomfortable initially, a person who truly wants to be in your life will respect your decision. Don't be afraid to say no. Have you ever met someone who seemed to say yes to everything? People afraid to say no often end up with an overflowing plate of duties and responsibilities that they just can't handle. They tend to forego their self-care as they frantically try to meet the demands of all the people and all the things they said yes to. No, no is a powerful word. It sounds strikingly similar in dozens of languages and can be recognized by simple gestures or facial expressions. Yet so many people in the modern day have been programmed to feel guilty for their nose. 
In reality, to say no is to draw a line in the sand. It's an expression of courage, self-love, and sovereignty over your daily decisions. Remember that every yes and no shapes your reality. You have the power to choose how you will spend your time and energy. If something doesn't feel right in your gut, you probably shouldn't do it. The word no is essential for healthy boundaries. So here's an action tip. Saying no doesn't have to be rude, but it also doesn't require an apology or an explanation. Notice where in your life you say, I'm sorry, I can't, or maybe, let me get back to you, when you just meant no. Pay attention to how you can shift these simple conversations to more clearly drawn boundaries instead of leaving another person waiting for a clear answer. The clarity of your communication will ultimately benefit all parties. Take time for yourself. Amidst our fast-moving world, self-care can feel selfish or even frivolous. But the science of self-care is clear. Taking alone time for yourself is linked to more confidence, greater creativity, more emotional intelligence, and more emotional stability in challenging situations. It can even help prevent burnout. So here's an action tip. For the next month, set aside a solid two-hour block of time on your calendar each week specifically for me time. Let your close family and friends know that you won't be available during this time, maybe even put on do not disturb. Whether you're cooking a healthy meal for yourself, getting outside, taking a rest, hitting a yoga studio, or lounging on a beach with a good book, creating time for yourself is crucial for healthier boundaries. But what does self-care have to do with boundaries, you might ask? Solitude allows you to reflect on your life and your values. The time you set aside for self-care can bring more clarity into your relationships with other people, ultimately helping you define your boundaries. Self-care and healthy boundaries are not selfish. They're a form of self-love that leads to deeper relationships and more fulfilling experiences. As the saying goes, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Healthy boundaries are a way to fill your cup so that you can offer more joy and help to the world. I can remember the first time I started talking about boundaries and mentioned fences versus walls, as we've already heard. At that time, I was speaking to ladies in an inpatient drug rehab facility. A concept that really resonates with people in recovery is all or nothing thinking, like black and white and rarely gray. It was important to clarify boundaries to different degrees. The worst thing a person in recovery can do is wall themselves off from everyone else. First of all, you can't heal alone. Second, left to your own thoughts when you're still sorting them out and your mind runs away with negative and manipulative thinking. Third, part of the recovery process is to challenge your self-control. If you have an issue with establishing and communicating and enforcing boundaries and your solution is to wall yourself up, and talk to no one, well, you've swung the pendulum too far. A wall is impenetrable, and maybe you need that initially to give yourself some time to gain strength and resolve, but then that wall needs to be replaced by a fence. Still a boundary, 
but it allows for you from some protected exposure. How are your boundaries today? Can you think about one that you've put in place and held to? Hmm, where are you falling short? Tamara Hill gives us seven red flag signs of poor boundaries found at psychcentral.com. How do you protect yourself in this world? How do you ensure that the things you care for are protected on a daily basis? One way we protect ourselves is having strict boundaries. For many of us, we learn in high school and as adults how very important boundaries are to our survival. Sadly, individuals who have traumatic histories or poor emotional attachments often become victims to people who violate boundaries because of their own emotional neediness. Sometimes it's very difficult for these individuals to identify when they need to apply strict boundaries. The term emotional intelligence, or EQ as it's referred to, has become ubiquitous with psychology literature. It's deemed one of the most important aspects of human social connection. Without EQ, it would be almost impossible to survive in relationships or develop appropriate boundaries. Some people have what they call learned boundaries, which are boundaries that a person has developed over time because of someone else they observed in their life. Like, for example, children, they often learn appropriate or inappropriate boundaries from their parents, um, maybe teachers or other adults, but they can also learn bad boundaries or weak boundaries. For those of us who have the inborn boundary, which are boundaries that are born with life, life is a bit more easier to navigate. Healthy boundaries often result from healthy attachments in early life. Sadly, individuals with poor attachments lack emotional intelligence, the ability to manage their emotions and sometimes others' emotions. This can result in them being harmed in long-term relationships, or it may even lead to codependency. Individuals who lack appropriate boundaries often struggle with telling others how they feel for fear of rejection or ridicule. They struggle with feeling burdened by how others perceive them. This could be due to a desire to people please. Strive to make everyone else happy with their performance, either at work, school, or at home. And they tend to stay in negative relationships for fear of not finding someone else to love. It's very easy to identify when we have either little to no boundaries in our relationships because we begin to feel trapped, overwhelmed, or manipulated. This is the moment when we need to reassess where we stand in relation to one another. Dr. Whiteborn, a writer for psychologytoday.com, says that successful intelligence involves having emotional intelligence, which is being able to read people's feelings and your own. With high EQ, you can succeed in many areas of your life. Your close relationships can benefit from knowing how to read people's feelings, regulating your own emotions, especially anger, and understanding what you're feeling and why. This is especially important for individuals with trauma histories and poor emotional attachment. Research suggests that a history of abuse, emotional, psychological, physical, or sexual, domestic violence, trauma, poor attachment, and parent-child conflict can affect the development of appropriate boundaries. 
It's important to be able to identify when your boundaries need to be adjusted in your relationships, either professional or personal. So here is a list of signs that you may need to employ stricter boundaries. Number one, you're an open book. One really big red flag to look out for is someone who is very open with their life. It's a fact that some people are simply unable to navigate the social arena appropriately and may not know how much information to share. Individuals who have poor emotional intelligence and attachment problems often share way too much, way too soon. Sharing everything is not necessary to connect with others or have healthy relationships. However, individuals who struggle with interpersonal relationships don't recognize this. Reinvent the wheel, start over, and readjust your boundaries where you need to. Number two, you feel someone is walking all over you. Sometimes we have our guard completely down just because we're either tired in general and off guard or simply tired of being guarded all the time with others. Whatever the case, some emotional, unintelligent people will take this as a sign of weakness and attempt to manipulate you, harm you, or take from you in some way. You owe them nothing. Don't stick around and be manipulated. Number three, you feel you've lost your voice. This is somewhat similar to number two, but the only difference here is that you have lost so much of your identity or independence in the relationship that you have no ability to stand up for yourself, reassert yourself in a powerful way, or change things. It might be helpful to find a way to highlight your stronger attributes. For example, if you're good at designing things, find ways to highlight your talents and strengths. If you're really knowledgeable about politics, highlight your strengths there. Find a way to increase your level of confidence and things will fall into place. Number four, no one listens to you. Everyone runs all over you, literally and figuratively. You feel invisible. Some people exhibit a certain level of self-esteem that sets the stage for others to feel they have the right to run over them. This again, is not your fault. It's the fault of the emotionally unintelligent person who lacks social skills. Sometimes you have to show your firmer side to gain respect. Number five, you're suffering from depressed mood or anxiety. When a person feels his or her social interactions are off, everything else in life is too. If you're feeling depressed or anxious because of previous attachment difficulties, poor emotional intelligence, or other social challenges, it's okay to seek a therapist who can help you explore why your interactions with others affect you so much and how to change them. Number six, people use you or you feel used. Some people will use you no matter what and never feel guilty. Someone with attachment challenges or poor emotional intelligence will become the victim of someone like this. The moment you feel you've been used, you probably have. Don't ignore the red flag feeling and seek to be wiser next time. Number seven, you just feel awful. Sometimes we can feel bad about ourselves because something in our communication with others isn't right. You might feel that your level of confidence and self-esteem are affected by your fear of insulting, harming, or making someone else feel a certain way. 
Sometimes feeling bad about how your life is going at the moment is just the right amount of discomfort to push you forward in a better way. If you know someone like this, it's important to keep in mind that emotionally unintelligent people and individuals with attachment issues are not out to get you. They simply cannot navigate their relationships appropriately because of their early life experiences. In some cases, they're more of a victim than you can think. Can you think of a few things that might cause you to consider readjusting your personal boundaries? For many of us, romantic relationships, marriage, having children, encourage us to readjust our boundaries. In cases like this, we're forced to change how we approach life and have allowed others to approach us. As we've already heard, and I said I was going to mention again, the most important part of setting boundaries is how you communicate them and enforce them. I can't emphasize this enough. People have their own stuff to deal with, and even if it should be obvious in your case, it's not. Don't leave it for misinterpretation. You also don't have to explain the reasoning behind your decision to implement this boundary. But as you're communicating, make sure you focus on I statements as the reason. I need to protect myself, and right now, I don't feel comfortable. It's important for me that I stick to this. Even if your boundary is a result of another person, remember, this is not a restraining order. You don't have to serve them with the explanation. I need to take care of myself right now, and to do that, I need to do or not do X. And then, stick to it. Manipulators are waiting for you to cross your own line. When you do, it's game on, and it sends the message that the borders of your boundary are weak. Then stop. Don't justify and overly sell your decision. And we cannot talk about boundaries without talking about boundaries with narcissists. I found some great advice over at Talkspace.com. Knowing how to set boundaries with someone with narcissistic personality disorder or NPD can be overwhelming. You probably feel emotionally and mentally drained as you're trying to navigate a very difficult relationship. Here are some tips to be confident in your own ability to set firm boundaries with someone with narcissistic personality disorder. The first step is understanding more about narcissistic traits and the disorder itself. Narcissistic personality disorder is defined as someone who doesn't have empathy about how their behavior and actions affect the people in their life. A narcissistic person has an intense need for admiration and exhibits patterns of grandiosity. They often can't accept responsibility and tend to dominate relationships in their life. NPD is a relatively common mental health condition in the United States, and it's more prevalent in men than women. People with this disorder feel entitled to use people freely and openly in their life. You can feel empowered by learning how to respond to their demanding, intrusive, and controlling behavior by setting firm emotional boundaries. Narcissistic personality disorder and emotional boundaries may seem impossible, but you can do it. Here are some boundaries you may want to put in place to protect yourself from narcissistic abuse. That could be from a mother, a father, or a partner. It's important to note that if you're in a relationship, whether romantic or familial, 
with someone with narcissistic personality disorder and it becomes abusive or toxic, boundaries may not be enough. If you're unsafe, you need to remove yourself from the relationship and the toxic person as soon as possible. Don't let them talk you into doing anything you don't want to do. Someone with narcissistic personality disorder might try to use their words to hurt you. If you're uncomfortable with how you're being spoken to by a narcissistic family member, for example, you're within your rights to say, I need you not to talk to me in this manner. When dealing with a narcissist, you should be assertive with your boundaries and make it clear to them what they are. For example, if you're not okay with something they want you to do, tell them up front and hold your ground. Don't let them pressure you into doing it anyway. Don't let them treat you in a disrespectful or hurtful manner. Yes, words can be hurtful, but so can how someone treats you. Make sure you're okay with how you're being treated in a relationship, especially if it's with someone who has narcissistic personality disorder. If you feel disrespected, hurt, or having been experiencing gaslighting, let them know that you're not okay with that. Ask them not to share your personal information with others. Your personal information is yours. Somebody with NPD, such as a narcissistic parent, may try to use your personal experience and information against you. Be very clear about what you are and are not okay with them sharing. Demand they respect your opinions and thoughts. Everybody deserves to have their opinions and thoughts heard. If you don't feel respected, setting boundaries with someone with NPD can help you feel heard so you can feel more valued in the relationship. Insist they listen when you say no. Setting boundaries will mean nothing if you don't insist that they're respected. If you firmly say no to something, be sure you're heard. If you're not being listened to, you should feel comfortable putting distance in the relationship. Your feelings are valid, important, and should be respected, especially when you're openly and blatantly expressing what you're against or don't want. We all need space in life. It's an important part of self-care. If you're feeling suffocated or crowded, it's okay for you to ask for some personal space. Take the time to do something for yourself that makes you feel good for the sake of your mental health. Make sure you're okay with the physical and sexual aspects of the relationship. You should feel safe in every relationship in your life. This is true even or perhaps especially in relationships with someone who has narcissistic personality disorder. Feeling safe can be in terms of their physical relationship, It can be about the sexual parts of your relationship. Either way, you deserve to be comfortable in every way and every aspect. You should feel confident in expressing your needs and boundaries in these areas. Ensure that your financial relationship is equitable and acceptable. Financial abuse is a difficult and not often talked about component of many relationships. If you find yourself in a situation where somebody with NPD has financial control over you, whether they are a narcissistic family member or spouse, they may be using it as a power play. All financial relationships in your life should be based on equality and something that you're comfortable with. You can and should feel confident setting boundaries in your relationships. That goes for any relationship, of course, but it's even more important when your relationship is with someone with NPD 
or is showing narcissistic behaviors. There are a few things to be aware of though. Setting firm boundaries with someone who has NPD may trigger them into cycling through their behavior. So be prepared for them to act like a victim, argue with you, blame you, or make you uh, make it seem like it's your fault, accuse you of being too sensitive, minimize your feelings, become angry. The bottom line and what you must keep in mind is that your boundaries need to be put in place. You're taking care of yourself and you deserve to have boundaries in place that protect you and make you feel safe and comfortable in your relationship. A narcissist is used to getting their way and will probably put pressure on you to do whatever they want you to do. When you first start setting boundaries, there will be pushback. Over time, they'll start to realize that you won't be as easily intimidated to go along with whatever they want. So consider finding a therapist to help. Decide what you are and aren't okay with. If it doesn't feel right or healthy, leave. You don't have to justify, defend, or explain why you need a specific boundary. Practice how to avoid or redirect negative comments and questions. Remember the power of narcissistic personality disorder. And don't be afraid to be firm and blunt. If you want to share encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, communicate to yourself and others that you value your own needs, feelings, and limits enough to set impenetrable parameters. Prioritize self-care and self-improvement without feeling guilty to help you make better decisions that align with your goals and values. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Someone threw until the path was clear. That's when I found you. How